for the Watch podcast has salty language like they use in Slaver's Bay. Beware. Welcome to the For the Watch podcast. I'm Aidy, and I'm the editor-in-chief of Rhyme and Reason. With me are... Joshua, <laughs> the unpopular opinionist. And with us we have... I'm Casey, hi. <laughs> Just jokes, I'm Joshua. And I'm Joshua. No, you're 80. Says who? Are we swapping faces? Yeah, huh. are we? <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, this is uh, episode 7 of season 6, Game of Thrones, titled The Broken Man. You can find past episodes on ForTheWatchPodcast.com and follow Rhyme at Reason on Twitter for updates. So, what do you guys think of the new episode? I liked it overall. I didn't hate it. I mean, those are strong words coming from you, Aidy. Yeah, definitely. What about you, Casey? I thought it was pretty good. It was interesting. I think that I was happy that um, the Hound came back. Yeah, well, um, I was going to say, surprise, surprise. Oh, you can say it now. Surprise, surprise. Look who's back. It's... It's the Hound, Sir Gregor Clegane. Sandor. Sandor Clegane. <laughs> yeah, yes. Gregor Clegane is actually Frankenmountain. Yeah, but he's back too. He's back, yeah. The brothers come. Aww, they always the come back. The brothers are back at it. Yep. So, do you predict that um, Sandor Clegane will somehow make it back to King's Landing and then fight his brother? I think I'm predicting they're gonna fight it out in hugs. Oh, that would be so sweet. And the like, Hound in the Mountain. The Houndin. <laughs> <laughs> Ship that, why don't you? <laughs> oh, that was a stretch. Okay. Alright, so we start off in uh, the Riverlands, right? That's where they start off with this cold open? Yeah, well, it's somewhere. They don't have subtitles uh, yeah, that don't say know. where. Um, I, what I've heard is that it's the Riverlands because it's they, somewhat peaceful. they need Sandor Clegane to be close to where Riverrun is so that he can like head on over there and then fight... Brienne somehow. Um, what did you guys think about him coming back? I mean, like, you, did you think he was dead the first time? Nope. He didn't die on camera, so he didn't actually die. And I have a very small prediction that, uh, what's his name, is alive as well, because he didn't die Stannis? on screen. Stannis? Yeah, Stannis. Um, yep. Who, who knows if uh, uh, Brienne is lying to us about executing him. Did she... Was she the one who actually killed... Um, or, you know, tried to kill Sandor Clegane, the hound? She, yes. yes, she fought him and, like, whipped his ass. So basically, everybody that she tries to kill is not actually dead. I mean... Sexist. Right? <laughs> the only female knight can't actually seal the deal. Oh, that's terrible. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty messed up, Game of Thrones. Pretty messed up. Yeah, so I, I figured he was alive somewhere. Because he is in the books, so why not in the show? Then they do head over to King's Landing. After the really long cold open uh, in the Riverlands, uh, we go to King's Landing where we catch uh, the spar the spar spargery, <laughs> uh, the sparrow and Marjorie. Um, <laughs> oh God! Oh no! Oh no! He could smell the sex on her. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> They're talking about the poor and how uh, Marjorie thought they were disgusting. And he's like, oh, well, they reflect ourselves, and we're pretty gross right now. At least I am. Look at the way I'm dressed. 
Um, so this bird explains to her that, you know, you gotta get, hop in the king's bed and fulfill your lady duties and put a little bed in the oven. And she's like, well, I guess so. He is kind of underage, but he is the king. I, I heard someone say, like, um, yeah, just close your eyes and think of Westeros. <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, wow, this is so sad. But, I mean, this is very accurate as to what would really have happened. Yeah, because he told her, like, you know, it's not your desires that you need to focus on. It's your patience. So, uh, hop to it, pretty thing. So, he also drops some major hints that uh, uh, Lady Olena will be feeling the Sparrow's wrath if, you know, she hangs around. And I think no matter how quick she tries to get out, I think she's going to be got. Yeah. Um, she really, Marjorie really is, like, doing a good job. Or, should I say, Natalie Dormer is doing a really great job. And I'm sure Jeff, if he was on the podcast today would be disagree disagreeing with me but he's not on so i can tell you i'm really impressed by her performance yes she does not wink at the camera until like until she really has to and you really believe that she's like she's done it she's like converted but you you really can't like because we know the story we know that she wouldn't do that she's all about the power yeah but she's playing that long game yeah so she's whoever's in power right now she's with them but you know that she's aiming to be the most powerful one. Yeah. So yeah. she's she's leaning in all the way. If this is the the true extent of that, yeah. I, yeah. Would, I would agree with that. Um, yeah. Yeah, so uh, props to her. Um, she meets up with her grandma and is like, hey, I think you should go. Hint, hint. And uh, she's like, no, really, I think you should go. And gives her a little piece of paper that Lady Olenna looks at later, and it's a rose. So, is that the rose because it's High Garden and it's, uh, you yeah. know, like, I'm still with the, I'm think, still with the Tyrells? Like, I think that's really a ham-fisted way of telling the audience, yeah, I'm still with y'all, I'm playing this long game. Which, you know, honestly, I'm, I'm holding back, I'm holding back. But um, I mean, like, but Lady Elena needed to know that. No, she didn't. I mean, she could just trust her daughter. Granddaughter. Granddaughter. Um, and it would make a much better twist to the like the audience if we are also kept in suspense instead yeah, of like being told everything and handheld through this new fucking story but don't you think that I no mean, oh okay just flat out no no like <laughs> all right subtlety oh, what about is what you? they're not good at what about you casey what do you think i i had honestly so like i didn't think that marjorie was totally with the sparrows by any means but you know, just as, like, an audience member. Um, but I hadn't even thought that it was insulting until Josh brought it up. But I don't know. I don't know if it really is, is more hand-holding or if it was something that's like, okay, these are your suspicions. You're right. Let's move along. But they you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's not – it hasn't been – super shady like the only thing the only person she's fooling right now the only person that marjorie is fooling right now is the sparrow and i guess her grandmother which i found a little silly you know what i mean yeah yeah i just feel like once they started trying to write the show for themselves and they didn't have the book to lean on all these kind of great suspenseful moments are like being torn asunder like you remember the in i think yeah the first season where Ed Stark gathers a little group of forest to go, you know, storm on Joffrey and say, you're not the uh, real heir to the throne. And then all of a sudden he's backstabbed by 
um, Littlefinger and other and the Kingsguard. Yeah. Yeah, like that was like, oh my god, uh, who, who saw yeah, that, that coming? Was crazy. Yeah, but now there's none of that. It's like, oh, uh, is Marjorie like actually with the High Sparrow or is she faking it? Oh, let me prove to everyone that I am faking it. It's a little card that she hands her mom, her grandma, that says faking it. Yeah. So it's like, okay, thanks for that. I'm not a fucking three-year-old. Why are three-year-olds watching this show? Oh, they can now because there's no nudity, right? <laughs> and also three year and they're just tit-sucking later on, too. So three-year-olds love that shit. <laughs> I feel like I should be over it by then, but that's a whole different discussion. That's <laughs> for some people. I mean, you see, um... I've seen it. It's uh, Lord Aaron of the Vale. <laughs> that's actually so i read something i forget i read something on facebook which is obviously not a good source but they were the even just the comment thread was talking about how they were disappointed in how the hound came back and that they were saying like this season so far has seemed really like disjointed and Mm -hmm. that everything happens in each specific episode does it, you know what I mean? Like, so it, it, instead of being, like, one large arc for the entire season, it seems like it's almost... Episode by episode? Little, yeah, like, it's little tiny hills every time, and, like, they might be climbing to something, but it's really hard to tell, and, and there's so many resolutions throughout the way that it's, it's sort of hard to really get at the at the overall season, and it really reflects on how they don't have a book to go off of right now. Yeah. Yeah. I... I... I see that analogy, but I kind of want to flip it because, like, the Game of Thrones arc, we kind of hoped we would know, you know, like, from episode one to the end. Um, but they were giving us molehills at the beginning because it was just like, who knows how this is all going to culminate. But now I feel like they're doing, like, larger hills through the mountains because they're getting it all together much, much quicker than it should have probably actually happened. Like everything is coming yeah. together a lot smooth, more smoothly than yeah. There are it lots of be. like coincidences that are happening where, whereas before I would have been like, oh, that was a misconnection and that guy got killed and man, we wish he had not. Got, yeah, like we're, whereas before it was an right. uphill battle every step of the way for everyone involved, but now they're showing everything. How they're showing how the the needle is made basically, and um, it it ruins kind of some of the mystery and the suspense of it. And I like the molehills. Like, we we fought hard for those molehills, and now they're just throwing heaps of shit on us. <laughs> um, oh, I did want to say that, uh, in, just go back to, to the hound thing, um, Ian McShane, who is Septon Ray. Yes. He's actually the guy that ruined... Yes, and I was about spoilers, to say. You he, were incorrect about that before. Um, yeah, I, I didn't recognize the actor, but yes, that was, um, that was him. And he was only in there for one episode, and he felt he had the right to spoil it. Yeah. Like, you're an asshole, dude. Well, apparently, according to him, it's only tits and dragons, so... Well, yeah, well, he is, like, a, what, a a movie star that comes to a TV show. He actually was on Deadwood on HBO. Well, he's done movies, though, I'm saying. Dr. Thorne, too. Uh Uh-huh. So he thinks he's above it, basically. So fuck him. Okay. I'm glad he died in this episode. Um... (laughs) That was really short-lived, Ian McShane. Yeah. As his career, I hope. (laughs) Anyway... So, uh, we got a nice little tete-a-tete with Lady Olena and Cersei, and Lady Olena's just like, bitch, get out of my face. I am leaving. You'd be smart to leave, too. And Cersei's like, 
I need help. I can't do this. That's what she's like. Because no one wants to listen to her anymore, so she's whining. Yes, it's true. Um, so, according to Lady Elena, Cersei is the worst. Which I thought was kind of funny that they put that in there. Like, of all the people that are the worst, I think you're the worst. Even though my memory is old and frail, you're the worst. Yeah. It's like, oh, Game of Thrones actually gets me. Yeah, it's like she uh, uh, parted her shirt and she was wearing a t-shirt underneath that says, Cersei's the worst. <laughs> it's like, yeah. So, when we go to the next scene, it is Jon Snow in the snow talking to some wildlings. And That's the wildlings are all arguing, and John is, is trying to convince them that, you know, we, the North needs them, and that they're, he understands it's not their war, and it's just all these little, you know, the wildlings did not sign up for this, basically, is what it boils down to, and John's like, yeah, I know, but this is sort of becoming something beyond what I ever expected, and, you know, my sister's here, and, like, all this other stuff happened, and so I really need your help. And it's it's just kind of a sad little conversation for John because he's I feel like he's just so out of it. Like he's he's ready to go down and fight, but he has no men. Like he's fully aware of that's like that's all they keep talking about every time he has these little meetings with um, the higher ups in in the watch. Um, he he's always just like we need more men and and. You know, Sansa is there now, and so he's like, okay, we at least have this little playing card. Um, Anyway, with the wildlings, they are all just sort of standing there, and the giant... What's the giant's name? He has a name. Don't remember it, like, at all. Anyway, so he gets up and says, Snow! In a really deep voice, and the S is really soft. Yeah! (laughs) I thought he just said no and walked away, and I was just like, oh shit, did he say no? <laughs> for real, and it's sense to know. Um, and then all the other wildlings apparently take their advice from the giant, and they just say, "Okay, well, we're in." <laughs> and so the wildlings are going to help Jon Snow and Sansa. <laughs> what would be what would her hyphenated name be? Um, Stark Dash Bolt Lannister Dash Bolton. Yeah, something like that. Oh God. Oh, his name right. is One One. One One. One one, yes, one one. That's probably why I forgot it because that's a dumb name. Yeah. Um. Yeah. He he did it. He named it one one because of this uh, football player that has eleven on his back. Uh huh. And he was just like, I can't think of a name. I think he lost a bet. Something. I heard some story about that. But yeah, one one is the name of the guy. I had to replay that part to make sure that he did say snow. Yeah. Because why would they say no. snow and no when those words like does snow even mean yes? Just means he's with Snow. So with that, they <laughs> pledge to help Jon Snow's um, be the main force of Jon Snow's army. Because basically, like, if they kill me, they're gonna come and kill you because they know you're here. So they don't really have a choice. What did you think about this whole like going from camp to camp in one episode? Somehow he goes like the Wildlings and everywhere we'll get else. There. We'll get there. I have a lot to say. <laughs> okay. Um, I just didn't think that it was... Let's cover a few more, and then I'll I'll rip into this. So, we go to Riverrun, where we have Bronn helping Jamie lead the, uh, I guess, Lannister 
King Army um, to the River Run. Yeah, to River Run to the the castle of the Blackfish. And so um, they have the Frey Boys are there, and they have Edmure. They're like, "We're gonna kill him if you don't come out. We're gonna do it. I swear." And then they don't do it. Because it's the only thing they have to basically get him to do anything. Yeah, but it's like they they tricked him into marrying a Frey, and then he gets captured, and then he was stupid enough to fall for all that shit, and then like his dad's like, Ugh, whatever, you're a jerk, son. So nephew, nephew, whatever. That he obviously doesn't care, whatever the relation. So Jamie comes in, takes over, and it's like, all right, I got this shit. I'm gonna and he smacks a guy in the face, which I thought was funny. And then he goes to talk to Edmure, and Edmure's like, well, I got provisions for two years. Blackfish. Edmure's the guy about to get die. He goes to Blackfish, (laughs) and Blackfish's like, well, I got provisions for, like, two years, so you're gonna, what, starve me out? What what you gonna do? What's your place, son? So it's uh, a a lose-lose for both people involved, because the Blackfish isn't gonna uh, give up the castle where he was born, and, like, he thinks the war is still on. And so Jamie now has to follow through and storm the castle and lose people. I don't really think there's an alternate plan to play here. Why would the Blackfish tell him exactly how many, how much provisions he has? That seems like it would just be t- be telling um, Jamie to go and get more provisions because they're going to have to wait I mean, out at least two years. I thought that was silly too because winter is coming and two years may last you a little bit less once winter's here, so... Winter's been coming for a long time. Yes. So, it doesn't look like it's going to affect the Riverlands anytime soon, though. I mean, they can wait two years. I mean, if the, if the army's just sitting out there and just waiting, like, they yeah. don't even need, like, the full force. They'll just have, like, people out there eating food, just waiting. Yes, and now we have Brienne heading over there. Oh, shit, yeah, I forgot about that. So, what's going to happen with that? I mean, Brienne's going to go and talk to the Blackfish to try to help Jon Snow. And so the Blackfish, you know, how he feels about his family. He might not do anything. But then there's Jamie and Brienne have a history. So now they're going to, like, face off. Yeah, I wonder... I know this isn't going to happen because they're not going to bring back Catelyn Stark for this. Because that would be interesting to see where, like, oh... Uh, on the way, Brienne walks into Catelyn, who is now back, and then they fulfill that part of the story, which they hadn't touched before, which I think would be interesting. Do you remember that, Casey? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I desperately want them to bring Maggie Stoneheart back. Do you think they will? I do. I think, so they've, I don't know, I mean, I, I don't want to read too much into the previously on spoilers, but they've shown Catelyn in several of them. And that was from, like, the first and second seasons. Like, this is a long time ago at this point. And I, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't that it was irrelevant to show her. Like, she was part of a larger scene that they needed to remind people about. But it seemed odd to me that she was even focused on at all. And they, you know, they mentioned her a couple times. You know, they, they even said, like, the one Frey was like, I sliced your niece's throat ear to ear. And I'll do the same to Edmure or something like that. And I hope they bring that character in because I want to know what happens with that character anyway. That wasn't like that was a part of the book, but it wasn't like super delved into. Yeah, it was like mentioned aside basically. But do you think? Oh, I I think that uh, if they are going to bring her back, they're going to do a whole introductory scene like they did with uh, the Hound because God forbid. 
we not know what's going on for any second in this season. Well, so uh, the thing about the um, cold open like that, the theory is that what they wanted to do is have you see that, oh, surprise, this character is back before you watch the the, um, credits or like the thing, the opening sequence where it has his name there. So you wouldn't, so like it, uh, you wouldn't have been surprised and be like, oh my god, he's gonna be in this episode, and then wait for it to happen. Because when you just have a cold open like that, you can just see like, oh my god, he's here. So, and then they can roll the, the opening theme sequence. So they in. might have to do that with other major characters. Yeah. So you might come back. if it just happens, it it'll happen like yeah. that. Which I mean, would it would be smart unless they're gonna do some sort of flashback with Bran. In which case. The whole theory kind of goes out the door because it's like, yeah, I mean, not, not theory, but yeah, yeah. Okay. So yeah, we move over to Bear Island. Which let me tell you, this was my favorite scene. Yeah, I think that uh, little Leanna Mormont is definitely a uh, internet heart throb now. Yeah, she was <laughs> for being all of ten years old. Fucking badass as shit, and she's like, my mom was a beast. I'm all gonna be a beast. Um, right? She was like, I don't care if I'm pretty, I'm awesome. You're like, fuck you. Like, fuck you, bitch, I ain't pretty. <laughs> yeah, so uh, John and Sansa are trying to convince uh, Leanna Mormont to help them, and she basically tells them, like, why should I help you? You haven't been nice to me. I have to take care of all these people. So we're watching these these people all try to, like, talk to this little girl and, and who they're has all, a lot of power. They're all uh, ruling their, um, uh, like, diplomat checks and they're all failing yeah like snow's like hey charm, charm you have to understand this is the only way we can do this we ha- you have to help us she's, she's like, like no I no i don't i have to take care of the bear island people first so no and then sansa's like you've got it you have to understand it's our family and i was like you once blah 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 she's like i've never i've never been like you and basically like, this little girl is more like a, an Arya than she is a Sansa. Yeah, so, so Arya would have, like, done well here. Yeah. But, yeah. you know who does even better with little girls? And not in a creepy way. <laughs> Davos. This is like... I like that asterisk there. Do you, uh, Casey, do you watch um, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend? No. Um, because they're... Well, it's, it's a great show, but in one of the first few episodes, a guy sings a song about... How much he loves his daughter, but not in a creepy way. And I think <laughs> that song would also apply to Stannis. I mean, Stannis, fucking Davos, fuck. I am just all over the place, guys. <laughs> John Snow. I saw that water you guys are drinking. <laughs> it is water, H2O. Um, <laughs> not slang for vodka. Nope. No. So Davos pleads with her and says, like, my lady, please help us. And she's like, oh, okay, well, you know, we have been, like, helping out the Starks for, like, a thousand years. I'll give you 62 men. Yeah. And that's all they but got. But the strength of 10 men. So 620 in, like, power terms. Yes. But if you kill there one, you, you kill 10. So that's kind of terrible. Yeah. Terrible. Yeah. I mean, it's... it's Yeah. Quite a lot. So, okay. So they bounced from the wildling camp. Yeah. Down to Bear Island. Yeah. And then they head over to House Glover. Where they say, nope. They say no. They say no. <laughs> um, so <laughs> Lord Glover says, like, no, the Bolton tell me get my castle back from the Ironborn. And John's like, uh, well, I, yeah, I guess we can't really do much with you because also our people are mostly wildlings. And then um, Santa chimes in with saying, uh, you know, you guys are supposed to be with our house Stark. 
He is like, well, House Stark hasn't really helped us in the past, and why should we... Ah, how much more helpful are you guys going to be? So, also, like, weren't you Lannister? Weren't you, like, uh, Bolton? Like, who, who, who are you with now? You're not... You're not a Stark, you're a woman. And so, like, yeah. you don't really have a claim. I feel like had they brought up Rickon here, it might have boated over a little bit better. True. Because, like, they still have an heir to House Stark, and they gotta save him, too. Some question, though. How is Lyanna Mormont actually, the like, the leader of Bear Island? Bear Island um, has some, like, pretty fierce women, so... Like, Jorah Mormont is from there, and isn't that his house? It's a, uh, That's actually his cousin. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, yeah, they're just very fierce fighters, and they have a different kind of house structure. That's crazy, because, like, you, you have so many different kind of houses fighting for different things, and, like, if you would just... I, just, I feel like it should be across the board here. Well, also in the Aerie, um, there was Lady... What's her name? Well, that's because um, Robin Aaron was underage. I don't know. Oh, he I needed to so. have a, a guardian. But she doesn't have a guardian, Leanna, Mormont. No. Um, do you want to talk about Valantis? Is that where this was? Because I could not tell. Yes, you, you on the other side. Hello from the other side. I just thought they were at a bar. So uh, I, I like heard. Saying I don't like that song. <laughs> they, I heard that it's Valantis because that's where all the whoring happens. You know, that's where um, Tyrion went, and that's where he got captured by Jorah. Well, there's also a lot of whoring in King's Landing. Or was. Why would they have gone to King's Landing? I mean, they could be yeah, pouring anywhere. I mean, that just makes the most sense. It's sort of on the way. To Marine. It's a nice which little whorehouse on the way. Because they're going to see Danny. Well, now now we know that. Yeah. For sure. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, for sure. It was pretty well speculated last time, though. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so yes, I'm. I will happily talk about this. I'm super happy about it. So, Theon and Yara... I don't like calling her Yara. Her name is Asha. Anyway, Theon <laughs> and his sister are hanging out at the bar with all of their fellow comrades, and Yara is getting some serious action with some half-naked lady. Yara and feminism. I ship it. Ship all the things. Theon is just, like, bug-eyed, hanging out, staring at his cup, not doing anything, just like, oh my god, I'm no longer a real person, like, this has gotta be, like, really psychologically difficult for him, and Yara is just like, fuck you, I'm not sensitive, either go kill yourself, or get your shit together, which, apparently, is a cure to PTSD. (laughs) (laughs) So, she tells him to down his beverage, and he does, slowly. And then all of a sudden he's just like, I'm good. I'm good. We're going to go, we're going to go to to Daenerys and we're going to fuck some shit up. And that was ah, a very insensitive scene for someone who had his penis dropped off. Yeah. Well, she apologized about that jab. (laughs) Well, that's nice of her. After some nipple sucking, we cut back to the new trio, the new hopeful trio um, Davos, Sansa, and John, trying to sh- get more men, and they stopped at the place where Stannis' army previously was, which was, like, in a kind of nice place right by the mountain. Where's Melisandre? Who fucking cares? Um. She's the one who's all gung-ho about, like, this is the, this is the guy that's gonna save us all. I don't know. She's taking a nap again? She's, yeah, she, she took <sighs> off her, her magic, and now she's just being old somewhere. Who knows? <laughs> She needs a nap. 
<laughs> anyway, they're talking about how they need more men for their army, and uh, Davos and John get distracted by some people starting a fight, and then Sansa sees some crows, and... Uh, ravens. Ravens, yes. Crows are different things. And <laughs> she goes to write a letter. And to whom was the letter for? I think it was for Littlefinger. Who else could it be for? Well, I think, well, it, it didn't occur to me that it might be for Littlefinger uh, right away, but they were also just talking about, like, another person who they could, like, run over to, but they don't have enough time, so John says no. Who? It was some other house that, like, Sansa wanted to, like, quickly run over to, because apparently they're all next door to each other. Um, um you know, the north. Yeah, you know, it's not, like, hundreds of miles across or anything. <laughs> so just take an Uber, it's fine. Just yeah. <laughs> On an Uber oh, dragon, that would be so cool. Oh my gosh. So, um... I want that promo code. That'd be great. I um, mean, the surge pricing would be ridiculous, but it'd be worth it. What did you think about this, um, this scene that she's just, like, She's going to go and, like, be quiet about it, and it's kind of sneaky, and not tell John what she's doing. I think it's strong of her, because uh, there was a question mark at the end of that. Oh, really? Uh, Yes, because while she isn't being, like, honest and open about it, she is, you know, asking for help, which is not a terrible thing to do. Especially when it comes to reclaiming your family's... But she's getting in the proverbial bet... Proverbial bed with Littlefinger again. Yeah, but then it'll be on her terms. He's got a major boner for her, I think. Well, hopefully if, um, Catelyn Stoneflesh whatever zombie comes back, he can marry her and then he can leave Sansa alone. I don't think he'll want to after what she did to her face. Yeah. She's, she's yucky, apparently. You know, potential spoilers, hashtag. Um... <laughs> I think I think Sansa writing the letter is I don't I mean it's not it's not strong but it's not weak like it's just she's being realistic yeah. and I think that's something that she's not been much of up till this season because she's you know she's always just been not not necessarily like with her head in the clouds by any means but oh definitely she has been the beginning she was just so <laughs> such a princess you know what I mean like she was just. So annoying. And now, you know, as as she's progressed through the seasons, she's finally gotten to this point where she's like, okay, well, this is what we need. This is how I can get it. Why wouldn't I do this? And I think she's just being real about it. It's not that she necessarily wants to deal with Littlefinger, but she has that opportunity, and that's sort of the best chance she's got. Yeah. Um, but I think she should be telling somebody you know, else. She's already got Brienne on her way to Blackfish, so... Well, I think it'll all work out for the best, and that rapist will finally get what's coming to him. So. Six months in jail. <laughs> That's not funny. Why was I laughing? It wasn't funny. That was a terrible joke. Wow, good job, <laughs> me. Um, so, after that... We go back to the Riverlands. Riverlands, where, surprise, surprise, everyone gets murdered. Oh, wait, spoilers, everyone gets murdered. Um, yeah, apparently the Hound is kind of deaf because he goes off to chop some wood. Not I mean, a one, euphemism. One of his ears is burnt off. <laughs> Throw the guy a bone. <laughs> Throw the hound a bone? <laughs> um, 
I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> we should just end right there. <laughs> so, uh, Septon Ray, who is the Hound's new uh, guidance counselor, tells him that violence is not the answer. It's never li- too late to help somebody. And then some guys who I, pe- I later learned are the Banner Men. No. Brothers Without Banners or Borders. Banner Without Borders. Without Borders? Banners Without Borders. Banners, yeah, whatever it is. The Hulk. Um, they come over and they're like, uh, we want everything you want you have. And they're like, oh, yeah, we can share. And they're like, no, no, just be careful. And then the Hound says, you know, you guys have a lot of stuff. You have women. And they'll try to kill you and take your stuff. I'm like, oh, no, it'll be fine. Huh. It'll be fine. And um, fine. all the Hound's new friends are now dead. And they hanged Septon Ray, which Yay. was Ian McShane, who thankfully will no, no longer be on the show, spoiling it for everybody. Well, unless a red priest finds him, and then we're fucked. True. Yeah, you never know who's dead anymore. Yeah. Now that there's magic. Pretty dead. What if... On screen, off screen. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. Um, what if Ollie comes back? Oh, uh, they burnt him for sure. I never saw that body being burnt. I think they. I didn't see the ash. I think they said to burn those bodies. In like the After the Thrones specials on HBO. Yeah, well, John said like in his one liner when he left, he's like, "Make sure you burn the bodies or whatever." Yeah, but no one ever follows orders at the, at that place. True. Castle Black. Um, We also hear that these guys say uh, the night is dark and full of terrors, so they also have like a religious. Uh, mismatch here, and so they see the the Septon's seven-pointed star, and I think that also helped, you know, drive the point that they're gonna die. Mm. Casey, do you want to talk about Bravos? Sure. <gasps> Go on. So we head back to Bravos, where Arya is. Um, she has decided that she wants to go home. She's she in the at the end of the last episode. Um, she got uh, oh my gosh needle, needle I was yeah. I kept wanting to call her sore little finger I was like no <laughs> <laughs> um, this is my little she finger got needle poke back. <laughs> and and so apparently she has all this gold and she's she's gonna flaunt um, it in front of everybody a little yeah, girl know, right like mm, she's still a little kid <laughs> <laughs> keep that shit in your pocket girlfriend so. She's trying to book passage, and the ship's captain or whatever is is um, basically like, well, no, we leave in two days, and you can sleep like, I mean, basically down with the rats. Like he was not, he was not forthcoming with a nice room, and she throws down some more gold, and she's like, we leave tomorrow at dawn. You're gonna give me my own cabin, and I just, I love Arya so much. I wish that's actually how travel was. And she picks up all her stuff, and she's she's just passing along, just having having her own little, um, you know, last night in Bravo stroll. And she hangs out by this bridge, and she's looking over some water. And and wait, wait for it, wait for it. Are you saying wait for it, wait for it? No, wait for. I'm saying wait, wait, wait. (laughs) And Arya smiles for the first time. This like. How long? And you know the end is coming. Yeah, like, this is why girls, like, can't smile because of awful shit like hey, this. Hey, hey, girl, smile. <laughs> no, I might be killed. <laughs> yeah. It's like, are you the waif? Get away from me. <laughs> Get away from me. Oh, my God. Okay, now I am really done. <laughs> 
Um, yeah. So the wave comes up, but she's in disguise, obviously, because that's how they roll. And uh, did did you guys sort of catch the little, like, the same mannerisms? Like, you totally saw that. Like, I mean, it was pretty obvious that it was going to be her because the uh, Jacken had told her to, you know, basically go get her, make sure she doesn't suffer. The wave needs to go kill Arya. Uh, but then it was just so obvious that it was her, and I was just like, oh, Arya, you should really see this coming. Like, you know these people pretty well at this point. Like, they blinded you and beat the crap out of you for, like, a whole afternoon. And how many episodes that we have to watch of that? I mean, this is episode... <laughs> Seven. Seven, so six and episodes of that. she knows nothing. You know nothing, Arya. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so... The waif in in old lady disguise stabs Arya several times and like and twists it with a knife. Yeah, yeah. And and it was down like in the abdomen region, which is totally somewhere that Arya's going to suffer, which is exactly what Jacken said not to do. Um, and then Arya jumps off the bridge, and the the water turns all red, and like the the waif is like satisfied, like okay, she she just drowned, she's under there, she just sank because people sink, and <laughs> that's and then Arya does her little, she like slowly crawls out onto really slippery rocks. You we you grew up on that, like we slippery <laughs> yeah. rocks out of water. That would be really really difficult when you weren't stabbed several times in yeah. the abdomen. I'm just saying, that was impressive. I That's was already impressed slick. with Arya, and I was just like, if she can do that, she can do anything. If she can get off of those steps, because I have fallen down so many boat ramps in my life. Like, that is just... <laughs> I'm not. That might just <laughs> be you. Walking through the streets of Bravos, and... That's where it ends. Yeah, she's, she's bleeding. She's bleeding pretty bad. Bleeding she's staring at her like, bitch, you bleeding. <laughs> yeah, she's like looking for help, and no one's giving it to her. Okay, uh, let me say that, like, when she was on the bridge, and I, like, I, I felt the scene was happening, I'm like, no, no, this is a dream, right? This has to be a dream! And nope, it sure should happen. I'm like, I'm watching her go into the water, I'm like, that can't just happen! Did that just happen? That can't have just happened! Really? Come on! So, like, I was a little bit in denial in the moment. That was, I actually felt something for once Seven episodes in. So, yeah, that's why I don't hate this episode. I actually felt something. Besides hate. Um, (laughs) And, like, that just made me really sad. Because Arya is, like, the... My number one. Tyrion's my number two. uh, For survivors of Game of Thrones. So, uh, I don't know how the fuck she is going to survive this. But I hope she does and gets her revenge. I heard a theory. Would you like to hear the theory? Sure. I would. So, back when we were watching the play, there was a... We had that dick scene, right? Yeah. So, the, the theory is that that guy with the warts on his dick, or whatever, was talking to a doctor. There's, like, a doctor in that troop. Uh-huh. The theory is that she's going to walk through, and she's going to see Lady Crane, or she's going to somehow find those people. They're going to nurse her back to health. She's going to become part of that troop. And she likes pretending, right? And she's good with her face and her eyebrows and acting. Uh, so she's going to find her way back that way. That's the theory. That's an interesting theory. And it sounds highly plausible. They'll probably go with that. And that makes me sad. If I hadn't told you, though, you would be like, oh my god, that works out really well. Too well. <laughs> because in the Game of Thrones, 
you get stabbed, you die. Or but hopefully that, that's the case. Well, the thing, yeah, and the thing is, like, unless there's a red priest around, if you're in dorms, you you lit you die right away after one stab wound, even though you're a gigantic guardsman. It just you know it really just depends on where you get stabbed and who you get stabbed by, and if you are revived by a red woman, you know. Yeah, it really comes to the availability of uh, red priests or priestesses, because they can just go whoop, you're alive again. And, I mean, if you just, like, if you're, like, the Hound, there was nobody around when he went down. Yeah, his story doesn't match up with the book. Yet he was saved by Septon Ray and... Yeah, like, I thought that maybe for a second, um, the Red Priest might factor in for, like, the Hound or something, but they didn't really go that route. Did you guys have any other predictions for this episode? Um, I predict... Uh, the Hound's gonna get into a fight, and he's gonna die, and then he's gonna get brought back by a Red Priest, because why the fuck not? Cool. <laughs> Casey? I don't know what's gonna happen. I'm lost at this point. I just... <laughs> I think Lady Stoneheart's gonna come back. I think that's my only prediction. That's a bold one. I want it to happen really badly, so I'm... Fingers are crossed for that. I think that the fan favorites, like the Hound... Um, because we kind of grew to love him a little bit. Yeah. He, he showed that he had some heart. I think he's going to come back. No one really had love for Catelyn Stark. I'm hoping there are some tunnels underneath of Winterfell where they can just, like, go underneath and, like, surprise him from within. And then also the dragon, Drogon, comes up by with, uh... And lights all the candles. Yeah. Uh, and so... <laughs> it warms it up, and then spring comes back. Oh, yeah. Or skip winter. Sounds good to me. And then there's flowers and honey and happiness for everyone. Exactly. Um, <laughs> seven blessings to you. That's what they say in this episode. Um, how many blessings would you give this episode? Uh, I would give this... Out of seven. Three out of seven. How about you, Casey? Which is a high score, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think... I think this episode was a 5 out of 7. I think it was pretty good. I think maybe like a 4 out of 7, just to give it a little bit of a nudge past halfway. I, I give the previous six episodes 1 out of 7. Okay. Well, so your average is not very good, but that's okay. <laughs> um, because he doesn't like this show. He loves this show. That's why he's watching it. That's why he cares so much. Yeah. <laughs> I think we should change the name of the podcast from For the Watch to Joshua Doesn't Like Game of Thrones. Okay, so I was thinking of uh, Grown of Thrones or Game of Groans. <laughs> I think Grown of Thrones. Grown of Thrones better. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you can find more on com, uh, previous episodes, and also find us on uh, the social medias. Um, Joshua, where can we find you on the social medias? Uh, Mediums. You can... Sorry. Go ahead. On the socials. Um, you can find me on Twitter at jprices.right, which also links up to my Tumblr, and somehow my Instagram. I don't know. Technology. Did you figure that out? It's supposed to... It, it's, it goes to my Tumblr, but then my Tumblr doesn't go to my Twitter. I don't know why that happens. It's supposed to be like a cascade effect. Huh. Okay. Stupid. How about you, Casey? I am only on the Instagram, and it's at kice24. 
awesome. And I'm on Twitter at YoPrice and on Instagram at ADPrice. That's A-D-I-P-R-I-C-E. Uh, you can find more of my artwork there. Um, so check us out on the internet and let us know what your predictions are. Any final thoughts for this episode? No? Yes? No. I feel so sad that Arya got stabbed. <laughs> At least she wasn't stabbed in the back, although she, the woman did come up behind her. Yeah. Anyway, I saw that coming and I, I was in denial the whole time. <sighs> for the watch. For the watch. For the watch. This podcast is brought to you by Rhyme and Reason. Find episodes of Rhyme and Reason Radio on rhymeandreason.com slash podcast in iTunes and on Google Play.